0: Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. I'm JJ Cooper, alongside Connor Glassy, as we come to you from a a rather chilly and it's been chilly for a little while, Durham, North Carolina. Definitely not baseball weather right now here.
1: No, I think uh, I think Jim Callis brought some of the Chicago weather down yeah. here while he's editing the Prospect Handbook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jim's here. Uh, Jim makes a couple of trips during Prospect Handbook season as he as we're putting the finishing touches on that. We'll actually have that book sent to the printer by we're recording this on a Wednesday by next Wednesday, this book will be on the way to the printer. And so if you're waiting for your, uh, your fix of the top 30 of your team or just the top 900, you know, the 900 prospects overall, well, it's not that far away now, or we're, we're not, we'll be, uh, sending that to you. You know, if you order it relatively quickly now, it's not Christmas time for that, but Christmas in, uh, in January, as far as the prospect handbook. But, uh, wanted to remind you before we get really kind of rolling into this that the Baseball America podcast is brought to you by MLB Network, and we're really proud to be sponsored by MLB Network. And a reminder that we have a special offer on the site. If you go to baseballamerica.com slash MLB Network, there's the 4 for 4 op- opportunity where you can buy four issues for $4 to kind of check us out and get an idea. If you've listened to the podcast but don't buy the magazine, get an idea of what the magazine's like. And And we think, you know, we really – Feel like that you that you'll enjoy what you see. Right now we're in prospect season, so if you order that now, you'll get some top tens, which is one of our kind of uh pride and joys and one of our, our cornerstones of the year for the magazine. and And what we're going to talk about today is we want to wrap up the AL West, which we just finished putting up on the site. The uh, AL West top tens, Mike Trout's on the cover. I think it's safe to say the the number one prospect from these AL West teams, but when it comes to the uh, the teams as a whole, these top tens. If we look at these top tens. Which top ten stands out to you the most, Connor?
1: Well, you know, I think it's still probably the Rangers. Um, you know, they were they were our number two organization last year. Is yeah, that right?
0: I think so. Yeah, right. I think it was them two. The Raves? Rays. one. The Rays. Yeah, I think Rays won them two, but I just I off the top of my head, and I could be wrong on that. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's still them. I mean, Martin Perez. You know. Had a little bit of a difficult year this year, but I think he's still, you know, a quality prospect. He's their number one guy, and right behind him, you know, I really like Jerickson Profar as a shortstop, and uh, and then Tanner Shepherds at three. That's a really solid top three. But I, I, you know, <clears throat> as far as top threes go, I think the Mariners is pretty close to that. I,
0: I was gonna say I, I was very surprised. Like when I looked at it, just talking top tens here. You know, we'll be we'll have top thirties in the uh, in in the prospect handbook, but as far as top tens, not a whole. Not as much of a difference as I thought there would be between the Rangers and Mariners.
1: Yeah. And especially when you break down those those top three guys. I think the Mariners top three really stacks up with almost anybody in baseball. It, it thins out after that for sure. But those top three, you know
0: Dustin Ackley, Michael Pineda, and Nick Franklin. Nick Franklin.
1: That that's a really solid top three. You know, I've uh just kind of started taking a preliminary look at doing an overall top one hundred, just kinda you know, yeah, sorting guys out. I'm starting to try to do my, that. Myself. Uh, Excel spreadsheet there and putting guys where I think they belong. Uh, you know, I think the Mariners top three. I think they've got three in the top 30, 35 range, which is really solid.
0: Right. And now if you had a knock on the Mariners, it's like, okay, when you go from Nick Franklin at three to uh, Taiwan uh, Walker. Walker at four, that's a, you know, you three in the top 35 or so. Number four, is and probably,
1: then that's it. That's yeah. it for the top hundred. Number yeah.
0: four is probably going to be somewhere around one forty, one fifty, just off the top <laughs> of my head. Yeah, and that's the thing is is that now I think that when you get you know four to ten on that list isn't a brutal list by any no. stretch. I mean because I think like you know Mauricio Robles at, uh, at six guys like that are are solid prospects, but yeah I think the Rangers is still number one because. They do have more depth than that. Like Robbie Erland, the f- number four in yeah. the uh, in the Rangers system, yeah, he could be a top 100. You know, probably more back end, but yeah. he could be a top 100 guy. I think so, too. Engel Beltre, their number five, uh, probably not for me, but I could see guys voting for him top 100. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think we both agree those two organizations, as far as top 10s, now, the Angels have a number one prospect who's better than any of these guys we're talking about. Yeah. I think we'd both agree. Mike Trout. Mike is. Trout
1: is. Mike Trout's the best, the best prospect of this bunch. I, I will say Dustin Ackley, I think, is pretty close. Uh, but Trout is, I, I would take Trout. Yeah, I, I would
0: say, Ackley. I mean, to me, Trout is a, is a good couple of notches ahead of Ackley. Nothing against Ackley, but much less concerned about position, um, you know, with Trout. And just considering how young he is, I mean, he's... He's really you're you're talking about a guy who's probably going to play all this year in double A and he's going to do it for most of the year as a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, I could see him maybe playing the back of the season in double A but yeah, I mean, he I wouldn't exactly he didn't tear, he didn't tear up, tear up but I like would, I
0: would, I would yeah, I I should put it more like I would expect but if he had a good spring, I wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, in I mean, he did
1: play with that Team USA team right. after the season, and you know all those guys were older than he right. was I mean, for the most part.
0: I, our, pro- our projection uh, that Matt Eddy did in his top ten said, you know, by the latest he should be in Double A by July. Yeah. So yeah. it could be earlier than that. It could be July as a 19 year old in 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 you know and then turning 20 just as the season ends. But if things break for him, I mean, you know, the, the sky's just the limit for him just from the standpoint of you're talking about an exceptional athlete who mm-hmm. has baseball aptitude too. Now yep. the thing with the Angels system is is that the gulf between number one and number two is it's the Grand Canyon, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> well Tyler Chatwood's a, you know nothing against Tyler Chatwood, but that's a big drop from Mike Trout.
1: Yeah. Anything anything probably would be. Yeah. You know, but um and I like Chatwood. I think he's uh I think he'd probably be a top one hundred guy for me as well, but lower down, you know, probably yeah. fifty to one hundred I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean that, it is true. Like that you know, Mike Trout's just. I mean, he, if he's not the number one prospect in baseball, and I think we'll have some some very there's interesting be some debate. debate about
1: that. There's going to be some debate because there's but he's going to be split camp around here. It seems.
0: I, I feel very comfortable that he will be in the top three at the late at yeah. the worst. Yeah, and probably top two. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think he'll be top two. Yeah, I, I'm going to go
1: out there and, and say right now I, I'd have Bryce Harper ahead of him.
0: I probably would too, but that's you know. That's that's no that's no uh, insult there.
1: It's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah, we'll have
0: a, we'll have a top hundred podcast down the road. I, yep. I promise. But uh, but when you're looking at the, uh, you know, at the West as a whole, it has been kind of one of those stories that the West has been in at the major league level has been for the last you know several years the Angels and whoever is competing with the Angels that year. Now mm-hmm. the Rangers have kind of have made it at least a two team race. But you obviously, you did our our Mariners list, and and you know the Mariners very well. What is it, I mean, disastrous 2010 season, I think we can all agree, for the Mariners. How far away are they, you know, from getting back into contention, and what do they need to do?
1: Well, you know, I think they're closer than some people think. I mean, I think a lot of fans out there are really frustrated. It's been a tough several years for them now, but um, I I think they're actually closer than, than you might think, and I think... You know, their next successful run is really gonna depend on uh how well their young players progress. You know, they graduated players to the big leagues like Michael Saunders, Adam Moore, who you know, it's questionable how much time he's gonna get now with the signing of Olivo. I think they're really right. trying to, to push him and see what he has, but then you know, Michael But that's Pineda, not a, yeah, that's
0: not a good sign that they're like going, Hey Adam Moore's our, our definitely right. our catcher. But early. I mean I
1: you know, I, I still believe in Michael Saunders. Um and then they've got guys knocking on the door like Michael Pineda you know, could step in the rotation next year, you know, as early as, you know, making the team out of spring training, I think. Dustin Ackley is very close. Um, It's it's actually pretty remarkable. He kind of gets, he, I I don't want to say written off, but I think people just don't realize how good his season actually was, because he started out real poorly in April, and so I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, and with the position change he made, you know, that's not easy. Starting in double A is not easy, but he, you know. Right after April, he he picked things up he was, from, from he was May on. He he hit really well. Uh, they didn't waste any time in moving him to Triple A. So for a kid to come out of college and we know he had polish, but he came out of college, made a position change, spent half a season in Double A, half in Triple A, and then you know and tore boom, up yeah. the AFL. Right. It's pretty remarkable what he did. And he'll he'll definitely uh, I think Mariners fans can expect to see him in in Safeco Field at some point next year. I don't think they're going to bring him up right away, but I think that you know they'll probably Give them a month or two more in Tacoma and then bring them up. So basically, what I'm trying to say is the Mariners they have a lot of young players that can form a core, and that's what they're going to need going forward. And pair that up with you know Felix Hernandez and Ichiro, who's still you know still very, Ichiro, very very productive. <laughs> nah, I keep
0: wondering if he's going to get 3,000 hits in the U.S. in just year
1: I wouldn't put anything past him.
0: <laughs> um, when I was looking at these top 10, so one thing that also jumped out. If you're talking about what teams had a bad 2010, like, I mean, the Royals had kind of like, you know, and I talk about the Royals because, you know, I do the Royals top ten, but the Royals had a 2010 where almost everything prospect-wise that could have happened well happened well for them. Almost all their guys stayed healthy. They all, you know, with the exception of essentially like Aaron Crow and Tim Melville, everyone else performed well, all that. Yep. The Oakland A's... Well, almost, I mean, I won't say the exact opposite, but pretty close. It
1: it was pretty close. I mean, I remember um, <laughs> when we were starting to put these lists together, I remember just talking with Jim Schoenard, who does the A's list, about, you know, how he's going to rank these guys. And he was just running through. I mean, this guy got hurt, this guy got hurt, this guy didn't play very well. It was just this guy up and became, down the list. This guy
0: left for a monastery. Exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's the topper right there. But <laughs> up and down the list, I mean, those guys just all together as a, as a group had, had – Disappointing seasons, I guess you could say. I
0: mean, Grant Green is the number one. And I'll be honest, like, in talking to people that I talked to, you know, guys who saw him in the AFL and all, wasn't hearing a whole lot of complimentary things about Green, especially when it came to his defense. Like, you know, some serious concerns about whether he's going to be, you know, a a solid shortstop defensively at the big league level. Chris Carter, who's number two, was working on a record at one point, which, you know, he – thankfully for him, I think avoided, but you know, you started about as bad a start to a major league career as you can have. And then you, you got on a list, Michael Taylor, who's number 10 on this list. If you talk about which prospects had the worst 2010s, as far as their prospect status, it's hard to think of a whole lot of guys who, who saw more, uh, more of a drop than Michael Taylor.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just not very good. I do still like, you know, some of these players in their list, but
0: Who yeah, who jumps out to you that you're like, Okay, bad year in two thousand ten, but you know what I, I still like this guy. From the A's? Yeah. Um well I like I mean
1: I like Jamal Weeks. Um I've liked him since he was in college. I like the athleticism, you know, and he's a guy that I still would Still have some some belief in, but some of the guys I like better on this list are some of the newer guys. I mean, right. the draft guys. I like Michael Choice a lot.
0: Yeah, no choice. I mean, and, you know, he he had a solid, a very solid debut. Short, but you know, very yeah. solid debut. Yeah,
1: I, actually, I mean, even even Stassi didn't have a great year, but I, I like Max Stassi as well.
0: Catchers, it sometimes takes a little while. It does. You know, so, I mean, it, it it, and it's funny that that was really a catcher heavy class. That uh, that draft class, yep. and it's a good reminder that it does take a little while. Because take <coughs> Will Myers, who you know may not be a, a catcher long term, but he was part of that. He's class. the
1: exception, not the rule, right. for sure. But
0: you take him out, and the Stassies, the Luke Baileys, guys like that are, are still. Mattix
1: went to school. I mean, Steve Barron in the Mariners organization—that's another one. He, I think he was the the second high school catcher drafted that year.
0: And there's um, not many of those who are who've torn it up yet. Right. And that doesn't mean that you know. It may not down the road put it together, but it does take a little while with catchers, obviously.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: But so, I, would we agree? I, I think we agree. Rangers one out of these te- of these four teams, Mariners two, Angels well, three. Well, I think
1: it's kind of a toss up between the Mariners and the and the Angels. Matt, because Eddie, and I were talking about the same thing. I, um, I like the I like the Mariners top three, but I think I like the Angels depth a little bit better.
0: And, and the Angels—that is what I would say with the Angels. The Angels do have, I think, some some pretty solid depth. Um, as you go on, I, I do wonder. I guess the the question with them is is how many, you know, how many impact guys they have is maybe a little bit of a question. But I do think that there's a lot of guys in the system who will be big leaguers.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, obviously Trout is easy to envision yeah. as a big I, leaguer. I think he's going to make it. Conger's very close. Walden's already Ward, been there. conger has been up. Yeah, right. yeah,
0: uh, yeah briefly, yeah. but yeah. you know. Yeah, they do have some guys who, you know, Trumbo's been up. I mean, yep. I, I don't know. I don't – if you map it out, I don't see Mark Trumbo being an, an everyday regular for the Angels. But yeah. but he has been up. Um, so, yeah, they do have a number of guys who are at the, the upper levels. I mean, Chatwood's been a AAA. Yeah. But a, at the same time, I, you know, I, I would probably, to me, say Mariners, too, because of these because – Ackley Pineda, you know, Ackley, Pineda Franklin. Yeah,
1: that, that's a, that's a great point, and the top three definitely does <laughs> way heavier. I would right. say. Right. Like I know, mean, so. and, you
0: know, and it's not as maybe as far as we see, you know, because Segura, who's number three on the uh, uh, on the Angels list, same you know same level as Nick Franklin was last year, mm-hmm. and a different year, but a uh, uh, you know a very good year in the Midwest League himself. Sure. So it's not you know that's number three versus number three. So it's not a you know a a, a chasm there. But I think it's safe to say that Nick Franklin's going to show up a, a, a significant bit higher on the top hundreds yeah. probably than Segura.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then I think we can agree, Athletics four.
1: Yeah, I think the Athletics are definitely the, the fourth team in this in this uh, division
0: here. And it's just we, as we go through these top tens uh, division after division, what seems to jump out the, over and over is is We've been so spoiled. There's been such a stacked prospects list that there's just not a whole lot of teams that you know really jump out right now because there has been so many prospects who've recently broken in at the big league level that that leads to kind of a, one other thing I wanted to talk about. You know, we've seen in the last week Cliff Lee signed with the uh, with the Phillies, shocking everyone. Yeah, I it think was six actually
1: it. All, all three of the big free agent signings so far. I mean, I don't think anyone really predicted those i mean no i don't think anyone saw jason worth signing with the Nationals.
0: Uh, i think that everyone kind of thought jason worth was going to be
1: a red Sox, maybe a tiger you know right um crawford with the red Sox that was a little less i think that, yeah, i think that one was at the least red Sox are always major projectable
0: players, yeah they're yeah sort of
1: thing but everyone you know everyone thought he was going to be an angel you know everyone thought the right. angels were going to go big and get crawford and maybe beltre and soriano too but and then you know with cliff lee the mystery team was real
0: Although the you know the original mystery team was there's a mystery team and it's not the Phillies so um, oh <laughs> so the mystery team was the Phillies <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah I mean the Phillies obviously have now the rotation of of all rotations and you know if, if how do you, how do you think it stacks up to Maddox Clavin Smoltz um the so the thing I would say is is it's deeper you know their number four is significantly better than what the number fours were for most of that stretch. I mean, you had, you know, kind of when Maddox comes in, you had Avery really at the tail end. I mean, you wouldn't have known at the time. If you'd have asked me, compare that when Maddox signed with that group to knowing what we knew then to this group, I would probably say Braves. But we didn't know that Steve Avery's career was yeah, almost over. Um, and, you know, you added Denny Nagel at the, the tail end of that, uh, and – but I'd say probably, you know, look, the the four guys that they have, I think it's it's a deeper it, – it's – I would still say that the number one, I mean, Greg Maddox, John Smoltz at their top end, I'd probably still rather have that, you know, those three. Those top three, if you said pick any three of these Phillies pitchers, I'd probably still rather have at the time, you know. I mean, Greg Maddox in, in that stretch was oh, yeah. insanely good. Yeah. Um, but if you said – no, I mean – But as far as the depth of those four, that fourth guy's better. Cole Hamills is better than whoever was the fourth starter for most of that stretch. For I mean, it was Kevin Millwood, yeah. It was Denny Nagel. You know, at the start it was Avery, but that wasn't for long. So, I mean, what do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I actually I actually agree with that. I think the three is probably better in the top the top two. You know, Maddox and Smoltz
0: or Glavin. I mean, because you know, it depends on the year.
1: Um. But but the Phillies' depth is, you know, top to bottom is what really makes the difference.
0: But So what's happened with that now is, is so now the question becomes, okay, well, the Yankees, I know the Yankees are publicly saying, you know, well, we're on to plan B and plan B is patience. But no one really seems to believe that the Yankees are, are going to go into, especially if Andy Pettit announces, you know, hey, I'm retired, yeah. that they're going to go into the season with the rotation as it's currently constructed, which would be uh, CeCe Sabathia. Uh, Phil Hughes, AJ Burnett, kind of fr- cringe and hold, you know, yeah. cross your fingers, and then Hector Noesi, Yvonne Nova, you know, and I, I don't know who, you know, maybe you know midseason Batonsis or, or Brackman or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone believes that that's what the the Yankees are going to do, and also you have the Rangers who are kind of potentially in the market now for an ace. But the thing that jumps out is is I mean, there's a lot of talk about the Zach Greinke deal. Which obviously is possible. Yep. And besides that, there's not a whole lot of guys who seem even to be, you know, on Maybe the market. Maybe Matt Garza. Yeah, Garza's definitely on the market. Yep. I think. I think you could. I, I think if you're the Rays, you're you're definitely taking calls on him.
1: Sounds like a Fausto Carmona might be available. You know.
0: Yeah. Although I think that's a, that's that's a that's a a, a, a step down there. Yeah. I mean, to me. Sure. Sure. You know. But yeah, I mean that that's to me that's more than that. It's like, you know, if you, you, know, if you said you get Carmona, if you said Carmona versus Pavano, I don't know who I'd – because Carl Pavano is probably the best free agent pitcher left now. But, yeah. um, but one of the things we were talking about when we – this dearth of prospects right now, it does make it a little harder if you're saying, okay, well, we're going to trade, you know, one of these guys for prospects. Well, it becomes a little harder because there aren't that many teams out there who have the kind of prospect halls that you – would seemingly need to get for these guys. Now, the thing that jumps out is is that a lot of these guys, when they have been traded recently, when you talk about Cliff Lee, who's been traded twice now, you know, recently for prospects, yep. and, and Roy Halladay, Halladay's haul looks pretty good in hindsight. Like, it still looks pretty solid. Drabeck, uh, you know, Travis D'Arnaud, and they, it looks like a, a solid uh, group. But the, the Cliff Lee Halls have not necessarily been... Blow you away trades, haven't they? It? Haven't no, they haven't. I
1: mean, our Phillies list just went up, and none of the three pitchers the Mariners sent to, to Philadelphia made the top ten.
0: The three players, Gillies, uh, yeah, was yeah, outfielder was yeah, was was part of that too, yeah, right, but, yeah, but yeah, none of our top ten guys, yep. And then, you know, well, you you've just done the Mariners list, and you know, with when with, with their trade, it's I mean, smoke didn't qualify, smoke didn't qualify, yeah, you know, he, and he
1: definitely would have been two or three, right. you know. Um, let's see, Josh Lukey was close. I mean...
0: if, you if know, no, Let me ask you this. So, you know, if Josh Lukey w- w- didn't have this scarlet letter on his jersey now that is going to make it really hard, it seems like, for him to, you know, for the Mariners to promote him to, to the big league level for them, if he didn't have that, like, did that affect his ranking at all? Or
1: Yeah, it did. Because, you know... I mean, I'll be honest. He was he was a tough guy to rank, just because, because of the fact that, like you said, he's going to be a tough guy to and promote, let, you know. And so, let, I mean,
0: for if you're Baseball America, this is the Baseball America podcast, so I, I feel comfortable that most of our uh, listeners here know the story, but you know, give them the the quick, you know, thumbnail sketch of of what we're talking about if there's someone. Okay,
1: here. Um, in 2008, Josh Lukey, um, well, the, the the charges didn't come out until 2009. But basically, what happened was he was, um, you know, charged with raping and, and sodomizing a woman when he was in Bakersfield.
0: Um, he he pled guilty to lesser. He pled no contest. No, no contest on, on guard, lesser yeah. no charges. No contest. Sorry, no contest till on lesser charges. Yeah. And
1: so there was no trial or anything like that. Um, and he actually spent 42 days in jail. You know. Um, during the whole process and everything and and then after that all happened, that's that's when he was traded.
0: Um and at the time and then the what came out was is that the Mariners like it became a, a story in Seattle because it wasn't something where the Mariners traded for Lukey and said, Hey yeah. It became a story because we're acquiring this guy who has this history, it was more of wait what? He yeah. has this history?
1: I mean basically there could have been two ways to handle it. They could have said, Yeah, we know we knew about this and you know we're we're gonna give this guy a second chance. He served or they his could time. Have said, he's you know wait what we don't, we didn't know about this. And you know um, they went with B, pleaded ignorance, and yeah, they they went with B. And either way, you know there probably would have been some sort of backlash, but they, it kind of
0: became a bigger story than I was gonna maybe say A would have probably. And I you know we don't know if they it, it we don't know that they you know whether they knew or not. Now I'll we'll say this: we knew. I mean, yeah, you know we had written. You know, I mean, that was, that was the explanation for why Josh Lukey for the Rangers was in low A at the start of the season, because you either had to send him to low A or double A because he, he was not going back to Bakersfield. Right. And, you know, it's hard to believe that a team would not have that somewhere in their records, but it's possible they didn't. But by not having it, by having it be the we didn't know, it led to multiple further stories, which were the question of, well, how didn't you know – when exactly. did you it find out?
1: Its own beast in right. Seattle, and uh, but you know. So if you put that aside, Josh Lukey is is really talented and has lights out stuff at the back of a bullpen, and I think he definitely would have been in my top ten without that. Um, I think I put him I put him twelve um, with that, and I, I think you know honestly I think that he still could get a chance. I think you know I think it could blow over because. His talent is that good and and, you know.
0: and and time does seem to these things fade a little bit as far as the attention that that comes with them. You know, sure. That's but it I mean that had to be obviously one of the tougher ranking decisions because if he was in a different organization now, it would probably not affect him as much. But when normally when a reliever gets called up it's not that big a deal. In his case in Seattle, it's gonna be a big deal if it happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, he was he was a little bit tough to rank, but talent-wise, he's a top-10 quality prospect for
0: sure. Right, back in the top probably because right, he's 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 a he's a late inning reliever. Yeah, I
1: mean his stuff compares favorably to to Dan Cortez, right. who is 10th.
0: Yeah, so that actually there's you know that's a pretty good comp mm-hmm. in some ways. I mean. Yep. But uh, but the thing that I you know been talking around around the office this week, you know, we talked about the possibility of a granky trade, and the, You've been going
1: back and forth at Jim about that.
0: Yeah, we have. We've, we've enjoyed kind of talking about this. But one of the things is is that the Royals have come out and said that what they're looking for is I mean, they're not going to trade Grinke unless they get a really significant talent haul because they're not they don't have the, the desperate need to trade him. He's got two years left under his contract. And the other thing is is that they want it to match up with the needs that they have. Because Sure You know, which everyone would like to, but but one of the interesting things is if you said, "What are the needs that the Royals have?" Well, shortstop is the biggest need. If you don't think that Christian Cologne, who Christian Colón's a shortstop, second baseman, who the thought is, is if he plays shortstop, he's average at best, maybe a tick below, and he's probably a little bit above average if you move him to second. And he's got the bat to play second. But if you if you move him to second, they really what they need is is a, a pretty close to big league ready shortstop, because that's a hole they have, and they could use if you if Will Myers you don't think Will Myers is going to be a catcher they could probably use a catcher also those are two or and maybe a right-handed starter well the interesting thing is is that if you just kind of go looking around there aren't you a whole have to lot find of shortstops
1: that, that you know it is in a position to
0: and, take on Grickey that has those things and the thing the interesting thing with that is is even if you go beyond what teams have that if you said okay so who are the shortstop prospects out there First?
1: It's a it's a down year for shortstop prospects. That's one that's one thing that really stuck out to me when I started looking at my top one hundred candidates. Who do I, get, I think the top shortstop prospect may Machado. Who but you can't even well
0: you can't drafted, for one thing you can't trade you can't trade, can't him. trade, for, you can't trade right. for him yet. You can right. trade him as a player to be named later that you get in you know, and I guess a, on August fifteenth or whatever. But yeah. yeah, you can't trade for him now. And beyond that, he's not. I mean, the the Royals need a, a close to big league ready shortstop, a guy who can show right, up with two thousand twelve. Not you know, that's not Machado. Go beyond him. There's not a whole lot of I mean, we just talked about Jerickson and Profar. Jerickson and Profar is a long ways away from, you know, from the big leagues right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I as far as upper levels, the best guy I could come up with off the top of my head, I haven't sat down and, and charted out, but is probably maybe D Gordon. Maybe. Um
1: I mean, if if you believe in in the bad enough. Right, and that's not I but mean, this is not I, a I think he's going to need a little a, you know, a couple more seasons. Opinion. Right. This is,
0: I mean, to put it this way, this is not even. You know, this is not Elvis Andrus. This right. is not you know Alcides Escobar, which both of them I think have some questions with the bat, but but more are much. If you if this was a year ago, those would be the names you'd be throwing out, and I think those would be much more kind of slam dunks as okay, here's a guy who we can trade for, acquire, feel comfortable that he's going to play as our shortstop for a while to go.
1: So if if the Royals asked for Elvis Andrews and something, would you? Well, about if I'm the Rangers,
0: I don't think you can do that because who's your plan B?
1: I think you know, yeah, the plan B would have to be some sort of stopgap or something, you know. So
0: what you're doing is is you're you're getting an ace, yeah, but at the same time you're taking away one of your best young, you know. I mean, we saw. I mean, Andrews's year was, you know, good, very good, you know, very good flashes of of excellent defense mm-hmm. during the regular season. You know, not the offense that you want long-term, but, hey, he was 21, I think, the yeah. whole year or whatever. But you saw in the playoffs, I mean, this guy is a guy who can be an impact player. Yeah. I think if you're the Royals, you'd be thrilled with that, but, I don't. you know, it's kind of the basis, of the starting point of a deal. But I don't know if you're the Rangers. I mean, I think that's making yourself weaker in a significant area to make another area stronger.
1: For a longer amount of time. I mean Andrew, you know, Granky's only available for two more right. years.
0: Andrus is under contract for the next five, you yep. know, just from the standpoint of of uh, you know, arbitration all coming up. I mean, he's not even at arbitration yet. And if you're the Rangers, it's not like, well, we got Dirks and Profar. Well Dirks and Profar will be showing up, you know, after you gotta be, have Granky on a new deal before yeah. Profar is gonna be showing yeah. up. I mean that that's the thing that's gonna be interesting, is just it's not there's not as many teams out there that you look at and say, okay, well they're, they can be a match. Like the Yankees, it's not that the Yankees don't have prospects who could be cornerstones. Jesus Montero is a good cornerstone to a trade, but if you're the Royals, you can take the approach of, hey, we want the best talent we can get. And Montero will be part of that. But Jesus Montero, if you don't believe he's a catcher, and I I would feel confident in saying. If you're breaking in in 2012, 2013, you hope to have a staff that has Montgomery, Duffy, uh, Dwyer, you know, Lamb, all those guys in it. You don't want to have a sh- a guy a catcher who's a shaky, you know, defensively. Yeah. If you say that, that he's not a catcher, well then you start throwing him in the pile at first base, and you've got. Billy Butler, first base of DH is Billy Butler, Eric Hosmer, him, and then Keila Kahui. I mean, that's yeah. you can only play two of those, and it would be Hosmer, and, you know, Montero, and and Butler fighting for those two spots. But that you'd have to end up turning around and trading again. So yeah. I, I don't. It, it'll be interesting to see.
1: Well, you might be able to get away with a, a bad defensive team with those pitchers, though. <laughs>
0: yeah but at the same time though the the approach I've always heard with the young pitching you know, staffs is, is that you want to put good defense behind them to get them into good you know good habits and all you yeah. don't want them thinking they have to strike everyone out too so i mean that's if you're taking the uh if you're a royals fan, the most optimistic thing you could hope for is is you're saying that you know you're hoping that this team is like the uh the the braves of the you know late eighties going into the early nineties and with that you know what they did is is they said okay well we're going to get Sid Bream, Terry Pendleton, Raphael Belliard, guys like that, to help the defense mm-hmm. to make the Smolts and Glavins and all those better. So it'll be very interesting to see. Now, again, you you know you know the Mariners system very well. Yeah, I've seen the name floated out there. I don't see what it would make any sense. But do you think there's any chance that the Mariners would would trade Felix for a for no?
1: Deal? Um, I don't know where I don't know where these you know his name is coming out there from. I don't I don't think. The Mariners are thinking about trading him. I mean, he's – he's. <laughs> I always like to, you know, say he's younger than David Price, which is kind of Insane. just startling to think about. But, yeah, he's younger. He actually has uh, – Felix has the same birthday as Carlos Santana, which is pretty interesting, you know. But um, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and I, I, Yankees fans li- like to think that, you know, everyone's available for them, you know, but I just don't see it happening.
0: Especially because – I can't think of a deal that like you say the Yankees. I can't think of a deal that the Yankees could do that would actually you could say as the Mariners that this is gonna make us better than what we have by right. having Felix out there every fifth day.
1: Especially you know, Felix just signed his extension. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's locked up through twenty fourteen. Uh the price actually went up a little bit after he won the Cy Young, right. but you know, for eighty million dollars. No, that's twenty for eleven to fourteen. And, and again, which, you're, were with you're the talking price about in twenty fourteen
0: offseason? season? And we're talking about, like, the deal Cliff Lee got, which he took less money. But we're talking about that's Cliff Lee. You're getting Cliff Lee from 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. Yeah. Felix Hernandez in 2014 will still be... 28. Yeah. I mean, yep. he'll still be in the middle of his career. Yeah. So, I yeah, I can't see... Well, for one thing, like, to me, if you trade Felix Hernandez, you're not trading him just for prospects. You have to get big league ready guys. You'd have
1: to. Because, like I said... I, like, I, I believe that the Mariners are closer than, than some think. I think, you know, they well, can you know, build this core, but he's he's the centerpiece of that but core.
0: From another standpoint, if you're Jack Zorensic, you can't trade Felix Fernandez just for prospects and say, Hey, we think that in two thousand thirteen we're gonna be really good. You're not gonna be around in two thousand
1: thirteen to right.
0: to get that then, you know, to enjoy that probably. Yeah. If you say, Hey, we've made all these moves these last couple of years and by the way we're kicking the can three years down the road.
1: Yeah. No, I, I just I don't think it's realistic to to even think about the Mariners trading Felix Hernandez right now.
0: Of course if you're you know on the other hand of the on the other end of the spectrum the Phillies it's like, okay, well you got Joe Blanton and you're just like, okay, well can you find a, a nice home for him and, you know, send him somewhere to to help someone else out because, well, that's a lot of money to pay for a fifth starter. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. That is, <laughs> Not many teams have that problem. <laughs> you know, in a long time. But well, this is the Baseball America podcast. We thank you for listening, as always. Uh, for Connor Glassy, I'm J.J. Cooper. remind you again that we're sponsored by MLB Network. But I also want to tell you, as, as Christmas gets near and and uh, if you're uh, working on your guests for a baseball, you know, for fellow baseball fans, if you're listening to this, I take it you're a baseball fan. But for fellow baseball fans, check out BaseballAmerica.com slash store uh, because you can find we've got it's book season now we got the uh the almanac we've got the prospect handbook and then you know obviously uh subscription to the magazine we can you know you can read it online you can read it in print or you now we have the digital edition online so you can actually see the actual magazine and read it like a magazine on you know on your screen on your ipad on whatever you know uh, uh ipad coming up i believe actually on that but uh But so, you know, a lot of different opportunities out there, so take a look at those. We appreciate the uh, download, and we'll talk to you again next week